Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. <laughs> we are starting a new series today titled, Who Are You? I like that. I like that. Sarah, Sarah made that last night, I think. I said, do we have a slide yet for the new series? So who are you? We just got done with the faith series, living by faith. And oh man, I got great uh, encouragement, revelation, just teaching it, studying it. So I hope you were listening. If you weren't here, uh, they're all online. You can catch up and uh, learning to live by faith is essential. Amen. And speaking of something essential, we need to know who we are in Christ. It is essential to know who we are in Christ, right? In Christ. That, that will change, change your life. If you, if you don't know about this yet, it'll change your life. It certainly has changed my life. You know, a lot of people uh, <clears throat> say they have to find themselves, right? I got to find myself. And they go and they try and find themselves wherever. They go to Australia because I got to find myself. They travel the world, right? I got to find myself. I got I to gotta take a year off from work so I can find myself. Bleh. Come on now. The only identity we truly need to find is who we are in Christ. Amen. We need to know who God made us to be in Christ. Right? We're going to get into a lot of different subjects in this series, but that, that's, I mean, that's, that's what changed my life. I found out, right? First you get born again, and then you find out who you are in Christ. Who that's, who it's revelation. I mean, it, 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 a lot, lot of, a lot of, lot of people don't teach it, but it, oh man, I tell you what, it, it's very, very powerful to know who you are. Right? Before Christ, I did not know who I was and I was truly lost, right? I was, I was truly lost without Christ. As the Bible says, right? You were without, you were without Christ and without hope. Were. (laughs) I was without Christ. I was without hope, right? But when I came into Christ, everything changed. And then once I started understanding who God made me to be in Christ, everything really changed, right? A lot of times we can get, we can become a Christian, right? We, 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 we get into church, we pray a prayer, but we, oh man, there's a lot to get revelation of, right? Of what was done in us. In fact, I tell the story all the time. When I, when I prayed to receive Jesus as my Lord, to make Jesus my Lord, right? I knew I was different. When I got up from my knees, I knew I was different on the inside. And my behavior changed immediately. I mean, immediately. Every, I mean, I, was, I had a different outlook. I, uh, but I had to now discover who God made me to be because I actually was different. That's why, we, that's why it's called born again. <laughs> I was actually different. I didn't just put on some religion. I just didn't put on some Christianity and, 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 and call myself a Christian. I was actually born again. And when we're, that means you, you actually go into Christ. Right? Remember where we, we just talked about in the series. The, Jesus is going to turn to people and say, I never knew you. Yet they thought they knew him, but they didn't know him. Well, 
That means they weren't in Christ. They weren't actually in Christ, right? So when we're actually born again, we actually are in Christ. And that's why I say all the time, we, we aren't going into heaven unless we're in Christ. Because <laughs> there's only one perfect person in heaven. You got to be in him to go in to heaven, to go into eternity, to be with God forever. You got to be in Christ because he was the perfect, spotless lamb of God that was sacrificed for us. So we got to be in Christ, right? We were in Adam before Christ, right? That's why there's the first Adam and Jesus is called the second Adam. And the second Adam came to restore us to where we're supposed to be. So we can't go into eternity with God if we're in Adam. Because <laughs> Adam was full of sin and rebellion against God. So we got to get in Christ to go into eternity. And, and, and understanding what all that means is what we're going to be looking at. I'm, I'm already preaching, so watch out. <laughs> but when we find out who God made us to be in Christ, everything changes. So Maybe, maybe you've never heard, never, never heard this. This is all new. And, and you're like, what? Hold on, hold on. Because <laughs> in this series, you're going to find out who you are. Come on, who are you? A lot of people that don't know who they are yet. Well, uh, if you don't, you got to discover who you are in Christ. And that's what we're going to be looking at for a few weeks. Maybe two, maybe three, maybe six, maybe eight, maybe 16. I don't know. <laughs> the faith series, I, I had no idea. We ended at six. I, we, we could go on, of course. You can always go on. But I felt this is what the Lord wanted to do right now. So here we go. So let's look at 1 John 3, verse 1. Don't you love 1 John? Woo! 1 John is power-packed. Man. The apostle John, of course, wrote it. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And they're all full, full, packed. So let's start in verse 1 here. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Who? Jesus. Beloved, now we are children of God. Don't you like that? That's the, t the title today is now, now children of God. Now we are children of God and it has not bet, yet been revealed what we shall be. Woo, what we shall be. That's a big statement right there, isn't it? Yeah, you could preach on that for a few years. <laughs> that one statement. What we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. Just as he is pure. Isn't that something? I'm telling you, this is packed, right? First John is packed, full of power. But we, we, what we're looking at today is, notice he says, now we are children. How did you become a child? Well, you went into Christ. Jesus is the... Son of God, right? When you go into Christ, you become a child of God. So now we are children, now. <laughs> and when we see what that means, woo, it's gonna empower us, amen? Yeah. 
It's going to empower us. It's going to strengthen us. It's going to encourage us. And he says it's going to purify us. Glory. And, and notice what manner of love, what amazing love has been shown to us in Christ, right? God gave us his son so we could be called sons and daughters of God. Let that sink in. <laughs> Come on now. You know, I find this often, right? We, we, we take God's word very lightly. We say, I've heard that before. <laughs> Come on now. Don't, don't say, I've heard that before. As soon as you say, I've heard that before, you've just lost all revelation for the rest of the service. You're not going to receive a thing, so you can just leave now. If, if you say, I've heard that before, you, you ain't getting anything today. Hello? You see, uh, we got to be called children of God because of Jesus. God now calls us his children. See, these things need to be emphasized again and again. I just thought of another series on faith. Why? Because we know we know that, you know, uh, many people didn't hear it. So you preach it again, right? And you preach it again, and you preach it again, and you preach it again. And, and, and one day, and the exact thing seems to happen to me, right? I've heard a message about some topic over and over again, and all of a sudden I hear it, I'm like, oh, how come I never heard that before? I've heard that scripture 50 times, and it just sunk in. Amen. So it's got to sink in. And Jesus, Jesus gave us a real picture of God, right? The correct picture is God, our father, right? He called God father over and over and over. You look at over and over. We can look at scripture, right? Over and over. He said, father. So we got to look at God as a good father, right? A good dad and good dads do good things. Amen. We're going to look at that today, but good dads protect, good dads supply needs, good dads discipline, good dads love their family. And I tell you what, that's what God does, amen, for his children. Are you a child today? A child of God? <laughs> if you're not, you can get there by the end, amen. Let's look at John 8, 44 and 45. John 8, 44, this is very, very powerful truth we have to know to understand this topic. You are of your father, the devil. Who, who's he talking to? The Pharisees, right? He told them, you're of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Who's their father? The devil. The devil. <laughs> he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Isn't that sad? I've seen that a lot, right? I tell people the truth and I'm like, you don't like the idea. <laughs> but we, we've got to understand there are only two families on earth. There's only two families, right? We're, we're either part of the devil's family 
or we're part of God's family. That's it. And, and, and people don't want to make it that simple, but it's as simple as it is. And when we understand that, it helps us understand this world we live in. Right? You, you meet people and they're like, boy, they're, they're pretty nice. And pretty soon you find out, oh, they're not so nice. Why? Because their father is actually the devil. You know, anybody can put on an act for a while, right? Anybody can act for a while. But if they're of their father, the devil, it's going to show up eventually. Come on. There's only two families. Now, one thing I'd like to clarify in this is, you know, a lot of people say, well, what happens to a baby? If a baby's of the devil, when the baby dies, you know, whatever, you know, baby dies, young, just born dies, you know, it happens, right? What happens to that baby? Well, the best understanding of this that I've ever found, and my belief is this, it's called the age of accountability doctrine. And the age of accountability doctrine, we're going to get into it for a minute. But this is the best understanding I've found in this, so we're going to look at it. Because a lot of people have that question, right? So let's look at Romans 7, where we get the accountability doctrine, right out of Romans 7, verses 8 through 12. And this, of course, is the Apostle Paul. And this helps us answer that question. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law. Did you hear that? I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. So the law is not bad. The law points us to God's goodness. The law points us to God's holiness. But the law, when the law comes in, and we go against the law, right? We go against God's ways. We go against his righteousness. We die. And, 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 the, and this, this is where I'm getting the accountability doctrine. And this is the way I describe it. Our conscience awakens at some point in time. We all have a conscience, but you know a baby doesn't know right from wrong. <laughs> a baby just wants some food and wants to sleep and wants to go poo-poo. And it was a burp. Burp, 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 burp. We did that a few times. But uh, our conscience awake at some point, right? We realize we've done wrong at some point. And now we are accountable. And, and this is known as the age of accountability doctrine, accountability doctrine. And, you know, I've said this for years. It, it, it may come at six years old for some. I remember, I remember myself. At, I think it was five. Mom, mom's probably online. She could tell me. I wrote on the wall with a crayon by the piano. I can still picture it, right? I'm five years old and I picture this. Why? Because mom came and said, what are you doing? Right? 
I was writing on the wall with a grant. And I realized I'd done wrong. I'd broken the law. <laughs> the law of don't write on the wall. <laughs> and I don't know if I was accountable at that moment in time. I'm not sure. But I know I had done wrong. Hello? So God knows our hearts, right? God knows when we know we sinned. I, I, I could come at five or some, could come at six, could come at eight, right? An eight-year-old goes in the store, steals something. Happens. I, I worked 7-Eleven for years. It happens, let me tell you. Every age steals. <laughs> and they steal something and, and, and they get home and mom finds it and they're like, what in the world? Where did you get that? Well, I, I took it. You took it? You broke the law, literally the law, right? The law, law, of, law of justice in, 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 the, in the country, but the law's, law of God. And so maybe at that point, someone realizes, I've done wrong. Sin revived, and I died. You see that? I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. So the law isn't bad, right? It's good that we know right from wrong. And we, we better teach our kids right from wrong. Amen? And, but when they know right from wrong and they sin, whoo, right? Then, then, then what happens when we realize we are lawbreakers? Well, we got to choose who we're going to serve. We got to choose what we're going to do. Are we going to ignore God? Ignore righteousness, ignore holiness, ignore right? Why do we have so much evil in our, well, country, but world? <laughs> right? Why? Well, simple. People didn't do right. <laughs> and they ignored God's law. And they, when they faced the law, right? When, you, when, I, when I tell someone, you know, that's wrong. In God's eyes, that's wrong, right? God said that is wrong. I can show you a scripture. This, that, was, that is wrong, right? It's right here. Thou shalt not steal, right? You stole the candy bar. You, you, you have sinned against God. Oh, yeah? I might just do it again. I do it again. What happens? They become seared. Paul talks about being seared with a hot, uh, a hot iron. Being conscience is seared. The more we ignore God's law, the more we become seared, and we, we eventually we won't even hear God. And when He calls us to repentance, we won't even hear Him because we're seared. We won't hear God saying, "You're wrong. You did wrong. You did wrong." We won't even hear it anymore. We're seared. But the choice, I hope everybody in here is made right to accept God's law to accept God's righteousness, to accept the payment for sin, to, to accept Jesus, to accept the blood of Jesus and be washed and cleansed and be born again as we already talked about. Amen? Because we all need a savior. If we're going to transfer out of the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God, when we realize we've sinned, what, what should Adam have done? Ooh, he should have ran to God, but he ran away from God, right? Adam ran away. He should have ran to God. I don't know what would have changed. I don't know. I don't know. But I know God would have had mercy. Amen. If Adam had run to him and said, God, I messed up. 
instead of hiding away. <laughs> but if we're going to get out of Adam's, uh, Adam's family and get into second Adam's family, we need a savior. And so when, the, when we break the law, whatever point in time that is, that's why kids need to be in church from a, a beginning, right? They're, they're around the things of God from the beginning so that when they realize they've sinned, they know what to do. <laughs> and they don't go, I don't know, I, uh, I don't know what to do. Well, they, they should be around the things of God, amen? There, I've heard many testimonies of people who were in church, in church, in church, in church, in church, in church, and all of a sudden, boom! Oh. Right? They got it. <laughs> Why? Because their parents had them in church. Hallelujah. Glory. I'm telling you what, it's essential. And especially in a church that actually preaches the gospel. I was in a church for 15 years that didn't preach the gospel. No one told me. No one told me. <laughs> but we need a savior to be in God's family because we got to be forgiven and sin is not welcome in God's presence, right? It is not welcome. So if we are, if we are still sinful, if we still have not received the, the forgiveness for our sin, we can't go into God's presence, as we know. And we certainly can't be children of God. That's why we got to get out of the kingdom of Satan. Now, the smart people choose to be in the family of God, right? <laughs> when, they realize, when we realize we have sinned, the smart thing is to run into the family of God. That's the smart thing to do. Run into God's family. Now, you're going to have to hear about it, right? That's why we talk about all the time. Plant a seed. Witness. Tell people. Because eventually, if, 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 they, if they actually face their sin, like many people won't, right? They actually face they have done wrong. They need an answer. We've got it. <laughs> We've got the answer. I mean, we have the answer. <laughs> but God's family, right? God's family is the family to be in. It is the only family you want to be in. Come on. That is the eternal family. Amen. Amen. There are some family members you have right now and I have that you will never see again very shortly. It's the truth. I don't want to like to think about it, but it's true. There are many family members we'll never see again. Why? Because they rejected the answer. They rejected God's family. They rejected to become a child of the living God. They rejected Jesus. They rejected the blood of Jesus. Oh, man, it's sad. But God's family is full of love. Come on now. God's family is full of righteousness and peace and generosity and kindness and gentleness and patience and joy and hope. Make sure, come on, make sure you are part of God's family before you leave this place. And I'm, I'm, that's, that's today and before you leave earth, amen? Before you leave church today, make sure you're in the family of God and certainly before you leave earth, make sure you're in the family. You know, you've heard stories about people repenting on their deathbed. Thank God they repented on their deathbed. Thank God they could still hear the voice of God. They weren't seared. Come on. They, they weren't seared because they, they had kept the door open for God. But you don't want to live like that. You don't want to live like, well, I got a door open for God still, but I'm just not ready yet. I'm just not ready yet. I'm just not ready yet. And, you, and you're on your deathbed and, and you're like, okay, I'm ready. 
That's not good. I mean, at least you get in, right? But uh, uh, that's not the way to live. The way to live is as a child of God your whole life. With God as Father your whole life. Hallelujah. Let's look at some more scripture. You want to do that? Romans 8. Ooh, Romans 8. Here we go, Sarah. Are you up there? <laughs> it's funny in youth group. I'm like, and where's that verse found? And Sarah say, Romans chapter 8. She knows it's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Whew. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Catch that? Yes. Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We both, we got a spirit, right? We are a spirit. We are a spirit being and the spirit of God, God talks to our spirit. And so God talks to his children in their spirit. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. What is the suffering? Everybody always wants to know what suffering is. Persecution. If you ain't suffering any persecution, you better get some. You better get some persecution. Uh, go out to SIDS and witness to someone today. You'll get persecuted. You will. Guaranteed. <laughs> if, you ain't, if you ain't suffered any persecution, you better get some. <laughs> it says, if indeed we suffer with him. Come on now. He suffered through telling the truth. One of, the, one of the craziest pictures, you know, in my head all the time, I think about all the time, is, is the perfect man, the absolute perfect one who never did anything wrong went to the cross. That's amazing. Now, we know why. I know. We know why. But it's just amazing to think the person who actually lived perfect, did everything perfect, never lied, never did anything wrong, never thought a wrong thought. Come on. He went to the cross. That's persecution for telling the truth. All he did was tell them the truth. Like you are of your father, the devil. That's what he, he told them. They, oh man, I, time to kill you. Time to kill you. Come on. They wanted to kill him over and over and over and over and over and over. Right. And he didn't die until he gave it up. Right. He laid down his life at the right moment in time. When God, the father said, now, come on now led by the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. But here in these verses, again, we see we are children of God, right? We are children of God. And a great advantage we have as children, we're talking about being children of God today, is we are joint heirs with Christ. Woo! Jesus inherited everything. He's king of kings and lord of lords forever. He inherited all. And we are join heirs with him. <laughs> Let that sink in for a while, right? Joint. You, if you're a joint heir with someone, come on now. You, you get, you, you know, in the earth, you might get a little, you might get a little something, right? 
When someone dies and they, you're in the will and you gotta, you gotta, you're an heir and you got to, ooh, wow, I got $10,000. Imagine inheriting everything Jesus inherited. Does God ever run out? There is no, there's no end to the supply of heaven. And we get to inherit that with Jesus. Woo, that, that is astounding information right there, isn't it? That's something, that's something we could jump and shout about for a long time. Come on, you Presbyterians. <laughs> Jump and shout a little bit, right? Woo! I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Woo! All the inheritance that Jesus got for doing the perfect will of God, we get also. He did the perfect will of the Father, and we did not, obviously, right? We did not, but we get all of it. Amen. Joint heirs. Woo! Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God, God has a supply for us, right? Woo, he's got a supply forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Now some people, when they, when they start thinking about it, they think, well, well, I don't have to work then. No, 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 no. Let's, let's clarify that, right? The right thing to do is to work, amen? And supply for your family, amen? Let's look at 1 Timothy 5, 8 here because we got to, you know, you know me, I'm a teacher. I like to dig in the weeds here a bit. 1 Timothy 5, 8. This one, this one, a lot of people don't like this one. <laughs> but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith. Isn't that a shocker? Yes. And is worse, worse, worse than an unbeliever. That's heavy, right? That's heavy. Do we need to work? Yes. <laughs> Do we need to supply for the family? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're joiners with Christ, but we still, have, we still have the thing we need to do, amen, while we're here. We need to be busy working. Some people, some people work at being a busy body, you know, <laughs> and they gossip, right? Gossip is ungodly and devilish, right? No, we need to be busy working, not busy bodies. And so daily, we should be working, amen? And that goes, you know, I, I know, you know, it goes, the women work, the men work. You work however you work, right? In the household, you're working. You're on the farm, you working. You working. <laughs> However, you, we're all to be busy during the day working. Yeah, amen. Amen. Whatever, whatever we can find our hand to do. Now, if you're retired, you're still working. Amen. And, and, and if you have more time to do something for him, praise God. Amen. You got something to do for Jesus. You got more time for Jesus. You got more time to work for him. Praise God. But we're all to be working. Right? Look at Genesis 2.15. Go back to the beginning. We'll see work started in the beginning, right? Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Right? Adam, right? We just talked about Adam. God took Adam, put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Work has been around a long time. <laughs> 
we're supposed to be working, right? But, but never forget, as we work, right? This is where the other side comes in. If you become a workaholic, right? That's not right either. Because we must never forget that God is our supplier. No matter how hard we work, a lot of people get into the work mode and they say, well, I got, I got, I got, I got two jobs now and I'm thinking about the third job. Come on now. Uh, there's a point we, we, we are supposed to work, but we got to remember God is still our provider. He's still Jehovah Jireh, right? We talked, remember when we had the whole series on the names of God. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord God who provides. It means the God who sees ahead and provides. He knows what we have need of, right? Before we know we have need of it. And remember the ram in the thicket, right? That's where that came from. That's where, that's where uh, Jehovah Jireh is found. The ram was in the thicket. And God was the provider. Right? It, Abraham's about to sacrifice Isaac. And, and the angel says, stop. Don't lay a hand on him. And then there's a ram in the thicket to sacrifice. See, God is our supplier. Right? So we, we, we don't want to get into the mentality that if I work hard enough, I'll supply everything myself. I'll just do it all myself. I'll, I'll, well, we need to be working. Amen? Yeah. But we never forget that he is our supplier. Yeah. He is the real supply. Right? You, we, we, when things happen, and things happen, right? We were here. When we got here, we had no income. Who were we looking to? Our supplier. God, our supplier. Come on. Hallelujah. And, and so whatever situation we find ourselves in, we look to our supplier. Jehovah Jireh, the God who supplies, the God who sees ahead and provides. God has, knows, right? God knows what we have need of before we ask him. Hallelujah. Right? Look, look at Matthew 7, 11. You're going to like this one. Matthew 7, 11. If you then, being evil, <laughs> don't you love Jesus? Can you imagine they're standing there? If you then, being evil, they're like, I'm, I'm evil? I mean, I'm, I'm evil, that's kind of harsh, Jesus, right? <laughs> if you then, being evil, he's talking to a bunch of people, right? Come on, this isn't just to the Pharisees, this is the whole sermon. Thousands of people. If you then being evil know how to good give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Amen. Notice we are supposed to ask. Come on. Our father God is ready to pour out blessing upon his children. But he says to ask. Amen. We always need to trust that God will supply. As we ask. Why? Because he is good. He's not going to run short, right? He's not running short. And so when we've done all we can, that's why I say, don't be a workaholic. Amen. Do what you need to do and then rest in him. Come on. God's got a supply. God's not running short. Hallelujah. God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And the verse, quote, the scripture is, oh, I thought, I thought I was gonna hear it. I thought I was gonna hear that one. Philippians 4, 19. 
I did say I read it, didn't I? Yeah, I did. Right? God will supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He will come through for us, right? He is not a bad. He is not a bad dad. He's a good dad. Amen. And he's not running away from us. He's running to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember, he ran to Adam, didn't he? He did. He ran to Adam. Adam ran from him, though. God ran to help. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we can always trust our Father God, amen, amen. to supply every need. Why? Because He is good. He is good. And so, as children, we're talking about being children of God today, we can expect God to supply. So when we're working, we don't want to be a workaholic. We want to rest in him. Amen. We are supposed to work. Yes. In fact, I didn't, I don't have it done, but another scripture says, if a man does not work, he should not eat. Yeah. Ouch. There's a lot of people who don't work and get and eat, right? There's something they can do. There's something they can do. Pick a weed, whatever it is, there's something they can do. Come on now. Working is good. It is good. And it is the right thing for everybody to do. Amen. That's a holy thing. Yes, absolutely. So let's look at Hebrews 12. Oh boy, here we go. Hebrews 12. Love Hebrews. Amazing, amazing book. Hebrews 12, 7, of course, talking about discipline here, talking about, of course, we're talking about children of God. So here's, a, here's some verses about what our father does for his children. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten or discipline? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, he's talking about children, Children of God are partakers of discipline, amen. Then you are illegitimate and not sons, right? If you are, if you are illegitimate, you won't be chastened. You won't be disciplined by God. But if you are a child of God, you will be disciplined. Come on. God does discipline his children, as, as dads should discipline their children. <laughs> amen? <laughs> there's, a, there's a mentality out there now that, you know, you just let your kids do what they want. Ugh, ugh, ugh. No, 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 no. Dads need to say no. No. I had to say that a few times. Now the girls are 18, you know. I can say no, but it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> now, I just switched over to more advice, right? Let me, uh, let me throw some advice in here right now. Uh, Come on, dads need to say no at times, amen? We teach our kids the right way to go, right? Our kids need to be corrected. We don't let them act however they want to. No, that is not godly. But the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. You gotta train. You got to train. I mean, it, it, you got to. In the world we live in, you better be a training. Boy, nowadays it's just evil is everywhere. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta step up a lot, dads, <laughs> and say no. That is wrong. 
And that is wrong, and that is wrong, and that is wrong. It's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. Come on. So God disciplines us. Thank God. Thank God for the discipline of our, our Father God. We should not despise it. Amen? Just as kids should not despise discipline. Kids, kids. I know there's, there's you know, everybody's becoming adults now, but we still got a few in here. Come on. Uh, we, 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 we don't reject discipline. Amen. That's right. From our Father, we receive it. Yes. Yes. With gratefulness. Amen. Thank you, God. With gratefulness, we receive it. That means, as, as it says right here, we are His children. Yep. We are not illegitimate. If we are, if we are disciplined, if we are chastened by the Lord, that is good. That's a good thing. So we should be thankful for it. And of course, if we allow God to bring the discipline into our lives, we can actually fully mature. Yeah, that's really We can actually mature. I want to mature. Amen. Amen. We, we got to always remember that correction is not rejection. No, that's good too. So many people get hurt when you correct them and you're like, you know, that's, that's just not right. And they, they, they want to cuss you out. You say, this, this needs to change, right? And, and they run for the hills. It's like, I thought you wanted to grow in Christ. Usually you find out, right? You find out real soon when people want to grow or not. Because they don't stick around when they get corrected. They don't really want to grow up. But we need to receive the discipline of our God. And, and, and that's the only way we're going to become Christ-like, right? Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. If you want to be like Jesus, conformed, as the Bible says, conformed into the image of Christ, if you want to be conformed to the image of Christ, you've got to receive the discipline. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to say, yes, Father, I receive your discipline, and I am making the change. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. If we want to be mature, we've got to do it. So as children, right, we're talking about children today, as children of the living God, we should gladly receive discipline from our father. Because guess what? He knows more than us. A lot more, right? And he knows when we're doing something wrong, he can say, no. Change that. Make an adjustment here. Take a left here. Take a right here. Whatever it is, right? And we say, yes, 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 yes. Amen? Now, let's, let's talk about protection of our Father for a minute. As children of the living God, we have protection. And we got to go to Psalm 91, amen? You can't really get better than Psalm 91. We, we could highlight many verses, right? Many verses. I mean, Psalms are filled with verses of protection for us. But let's read Psalm 91 here for a moment. It never hurts to read this again. Amen. <laughs> I love Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Woo, right there. It's like, woo, yeah. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. 
You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Woo! Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Amen. Come on, we're in Christ. Amen. Yes. <laughs> of course, it wasn't here yet in Psalm, but we are in Christ. We are in the dwelling place of the Lord. Verse 10, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Woo! For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall, don't you like that? You shall, woo! You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. That's the enemy. Come on now. You trample upon the enemy. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Come on. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is a wonderful picture of our protector. And we should have these in our hearts. Amen? Amen. We should have many of these verses in us and talking them out of our mouth often, right? We talked about in the, in the faith series we just came out of. Speaking faith, speaking faith, right? I say these, I say, I say many of these words every day. Come on now. The angels of God are encamped around about me. They bear me up in their hands as I dash my foot against the stone. Come on now. No evil shall befall me. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. He will, he will deliver me and honor me because I have set my love upon him. And with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Ooh, glory. See, those verses should be in us. Amen. Those verses are something we should know. We should quote often. We should meditate on often. Amen. Amen. Because we need to know who our protector is and what he does for us. Yeah. And, when, and when something shows up that goes against that, we say, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on now. No, we stick with the word. Amen. Amen. We stick with what he said. Yes. Hallelujah. And he's our protector. Dads protect their kids, right? Well, good dads do. Amen. I'm always thinking about the kids and, and, and we have this thing called standard procedure in our house. We lock the doors. You come in the house, you lock the door. You get out of the car, you lock the door. Why did I develop that? Well, I, oh, I can tell you the story, I guess. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell you that. Back when I was a kid, I was about 15, I think. I was sitting in the living room and, uh, and the, the, my, my, my siblings had left, my parents were out to eat. And, and I know my siblings were famous for not locking doors. <laughs> and, and I get up, I'm watching TV, the, the door's right back here. So I'm watching TV here in the, in the chair. And I said, I better, I better go check the door. So I go back, I lock the door, it was unlocked as usual. And I sit back down and all of a sudden I hear on the door. I'm like, 
wow, they're home. I don't think they'd be home already, but I guess they're home. I guess they'll get their key out and come in, right? No one came in. I get a call from the neighbor who was a dentist. He's, he's, he didn't live there more, I know, but he was a dentist and he called over and he said, I just want you to be aware there's a prowler in the neighborhood and he's, he just wants you to know that. So in case, you know, he sees something, anything, you know, I said, okay, yeah, I just had someone wiggle the doorknob, you know. Well, praise God, God, come on now. And, and, and so I don't know what would have happened, right? If he had just walked in. So we call it standard procedure in our house. If you've been, I know, I know some of you have been in our house know about our standard procedure. And they lock the door behind them when they come in. Youth. <laughs> they know about standard procedure. Why do we, why do I develop standard procedure? Because I'm thinking about safety. In the household, for my family. Right? As a car and lock the doors. Lock the doors in your car, right? There's weirdos, right? Now, we're always believing the word. We're always trusting the word. Amen. Amen? But we don't want to be dumb either. Yeah. Well, let's leave everything open and see if God protects us. <laughs> Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Come on now. Jesus didn't jump off the cliff to tempt God. I, 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 I say lock it. There's no reason to leave it open. Because that, that right there stops almost all criminals. Yeah. Next house. Come on now. Oh, this one's open. Hello? That's some good practical information for you, right? But I'm always thinking about safety for the family. I pray for them, right? I plead the blood over them daily. I plead the blood over you daily. I plead the blood over our church family. I plead the blood over my kids and my wife. Come on, daily. Whenever, I pray it every day in the morning, but I, I, I say angels of God, uh, well, especially when I, I know, you know they're going out somewhere, right? Uh, but I always pray for the safety of it. But if I know, they tell me, well, we're going to Warrington right now. Warrington. I always say it wrong. Warrington. Warrington. How about I say Astoria? I can say that one. We're going to Astoria right now. We're going over the bridge right now. There, that's better. I like that. We're going over the bridge. But I immediately, almost immediately, every time, angels of God clear the roads of all hazards and problems for my family, for Paige, for Sarah, for Judah, for, for Karn. Clear the roads of all hazards and problems for them right now in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Why? Because I'm thinking about their safety as God is thinking about us and protecting us. That's why we have Psalm 91. Amen? And when God is protecting you, you got some serious security. You got some serious security on your side. You got angels on your side. Come on now. I got angels around me because the Bible says I do. And if I never see one, it doesn't even matter. Amen. God deliver us, us from the evil one. He's a deliverer. He's a protector. As children, come on, as children of the living God, come on, we have protection from our Father, right? Even if we don't see it. I don't know how many times angels have rescued me. Come on now. How many times angels have rescued you? You didn't know it. Who? glory. God is our protector. Thank God. Let's look at Romans 8.15. Oh, we're in Romans 8 again. Look at that. How'd that happen? 
How'd that happen? Yeah. We got to go back to this. We got to, we can talk about this again. Cause we didn't talk about this yet. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, if you haven't heard before, is an affectionate term. Similar that we would say daddy. Abba. It's affectionate. It's it's intimate. Abba, Father, right? So we have been adopted into the family of God. We are his children. Adopted, right? And so what do adopted kid? How do you adopt a kid? You go pick a kid out. And you adopt them, right? They're specially chosen. Did you catch that? They're specially chosen, right? If you had, if you had kids, I had kids. We had kids. You don't choose who shows up, do you? <laughs> Whoever shows up, shows up. They show up, right? They showed up. There they are. But when you adopt someone, come on, you go and choose them. They're like, I want this kid in my family. That's something, right? God adopted us. God chose us to join his family. He wanted us to be part of the family. We didn't just show up in the family. God chose us to be in the family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when we were adopted, what happened? We get access to everything in the family. Get the picture of being a child of God in the family of God. Come on now. Well, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. I just don't know. You don't know who you are. Who are you? Right? That's the title. Who are you? You don't know who you are. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. Uh, Are you in the family of God? Well, yeah, uh, you're going to make it. <laughs> Come on now. You're going to make it. We got access to everything in the family of God. Come on. Adopted by God himself. You think he's going to leave you? You think he's not going to supply? You think he's not going to come through? Well, if you do think it, get rid of that thought. Amen. Get rid of those thoughts. Second Corinthians 10, 5, casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You got to cast down the thoughts and imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, which you know about God. And if you didn't know it, you know it now. Amen. Come on. You're, you're a child of God. You're in the family of God. So now you got to think like that. Yeah. I'm a child of God. Woo. I'm a child of the living God. Woo. Come on now. You enter, you enter the store, you think about, ooh, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. A child of God just entered the building. That's a different thinking, isn't it? A child of God just entered this building right now. Come on now. You know, you're not supposed to think too highly of ourselves, right? Remember Paul said, don't think too highly of yourselves. Don't think too highly, but you're supposed to think the truth. And the truth is, I'm a child of God. And if you're a child of God, we're brothers and sisters. Come on now. And we've been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we are children of the living God forever. Amen. So, yeah, yeah. We, we are special. Amen. Well, you just think you're so special. Well, I've been adopted by God. God adopted me. I must be pretty special. And God adopted you. So you must be pretty special. 
Amen? You got to get the right mentality. It's not wrong to think who you are. It's not wrong to think who God made you to be. Right? That's why this series, who are you? It's not wrong to think like, like God says it. And so we need to have the mentality that we are now children of God. That's what we're trying to get across today. I know I don't know if I've got there, but we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 4. We're almost there, I think. Then I'll preach a couple more hours after that. Yes. Ephesians 1, 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Mm-hmm. Chose us in him, right? Before the foundation of the world. Whew, God, we've been on God's mind a long time. He knew he wanted to adopt us, right? God always wants to adopt some more kids. Right? You get these people, they always want to adopt more kids. You're like, wow, you got a lot of kids. You want to adopt more? (laughs) You're like, how many kids you want, right? I'm going to adopt another one. You already got 11. I don't know. You got 12. You got 13. You got 14. You adopt. Woo! Come on. But God wants millions. Billions. Come on now. And he can supply every need. Right, a natural family, whoo, right? But God can supply every need for every child. Yeah, amen. Every child, come on. And he wants to adopt some more. He's always thinking about adopting some more. And so what should we be thinking about? Getting some more children adopted. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, that is a primary concern of God. Amen. And it should be a primary concern of his children. Come on now, to bring in some more. Children into the kingdom. Hallelujah. I just thought of this again. But D.L. Moody, I told you a while back, D.L. Moody, he said he, 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 he would witness to at least one person every single day of his life. What was he trying to do? Get someone adopted. <laughs> Get someone to receive the adoption into the family. Right? The adoption papers are all ready to go for everybody. The adoption papers are all ready. All you have to do is sign. I signed at the age of 19, right? When I heard, God wants you in his family. You got to come through Jesus. I said, okay, sign me up. (laughs) Come on. The adoption papers are ready for everybody. And we are a great part of doing that. Working with God. Amen. Hello. Hallelujah. God wants some more kids. So we should be thinking about it. Oh yeah, James 5, 7. Goes along with that. James 5, 7. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Are you patient? See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Now you got to be patient to farm, don't you? (laughs) You see the little green thing coming up? And you're like, all right, let's eat. That's not going to work, is it? (laughs) Come on now. No, God is waiting patiently for more children. He wants many more children in the kingdom before the end comes. Amen? Amen. He's waiting patiently. He is a patient farmer. And guess who's part of bringing in the harvest? Us. Come on now. You want to do it or not? Yes. Oh, there was two yeses. 
Come on now. This should be a primary concern, amen? That more children come in. More children are adopted. Look at John 1.12. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Hallelujah. You believe in Jesus? You believe he's Lord? You surrender to him? He's everything to you? Amen. See, everybody has the right to become a child of God. Everybody on this earth right now, everybody in our community, everybody has the right. Doesn't mean everybody claims the right, right? We have a lot of rights in America. It doesn't mean we claim our right. Sometimes you got to stand harder, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, this is what the Constitution says. They're like, well, we don't care. You say, ah, this is what it says. This, it says it right here, and I'm standing up for my right. Amen. Come on now. You got to stand up for your rights. You got, you got to walk in your rights. Well, everybody has the right to become a child of God right now. And God would be very happy everybody did. <laughs> if everybody right now said, I receive what Jesus did. I'm in the, I want to be in the kingdom of God. I want to be in the family of God. I want to become a child of God. Whew. Well, then it'll be all over. We get out of here. Because <laughs> he's waiting patiently. He's waiting patiently for every soul to come in every person come on that will choose him that will sign the adoption papers and say i'm in i'm in i'm in he's waiting come on now he's waiting everybody can have eternal life every person can be a child of god and we we as i've been saying we are a big part of doing that we have a big part to play in these final days. You believe we're in the last days? So we are to be telling people how to become children of God. We do it all the time around here. But you, we all got to do it in, in many different ways. I've been saying this for a long time. I don't know if he's done it. But find a creative way to share the gospels. Find a creative way to, to share Jesus with someone. To tell them how to become a child of God, Right? If you can't reach them one way, try a different way. Amen. Right? Tell your friends. Tell your family members. You don't want to stand at the great white throne judgment when you see family members thrown into the lake of fire forever. And you say, why didn't I tell them? Why didn't I tell them about Jesus? Why didn't I tell them how to become a child of God? They could be standing here with me. I'm a child of God. They're over there being thrown in the lake of fire forever. Come on now. God's, God's heart should be our heart. I mean God's heart is more children. Come on now. God's heart is more children in the family. He wants more children and he's waiting. The only reason the Lord hasn't returned is because he's waiting for more precious fruit. He's waiting for more people to become children. So you and I got to do our part. Amen? Amen. Do our part. Do your part. I do my part. Everybody do their part. We'll get it done. Tell everyone, come on, how to become a child of God because God wants some more adoptions happening. (laughs) God wants to adopt a lot more kids. Hallelujah. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about, Christian? We are children of God. (laughs) 
What, what are you saying, PV? I'm saying if you are a born again Christian here today or online, you are a child of God. And we need to get we need to get that in here and in here, right? That we are children of God. Well, that gives us a whole different outlook on life. A whole different outlook on as we walk down the street, right? A whole different outlook on everything. If we realize we are children of God. Whole different outlook in school. When you walk into school, you're like, child of God, just enter the building. Come on now. And, and you know there's a lot of not a children around there. So what is your job? Get some more children adopted. <laughs> Come on now. Find some more people. Find some more people to get, get adopted. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. I'm saying we have a father who will protect us yeah. as children. I'm saying we have a father who will supply our needs because we're children. Amen. I'm saying we have a father who disciplines us in love because we are children. Children, I'm saying we have been specially chosen. Amen. Specially, come on. You don't think you're special today? Get, get a new mentality. You have been chosen by God himself. You have been specially chosen to be in the God's family at this point in history right now. You are special. Amen. <laughs> Amen? I, you, can, you can go around and say, I'm God's special one. And that isn't, that isn't high-minded. That's who you are. Right? I'm God's special one. You God's special one. You God's special one. We all got special ones. Because we're in Christ. <laughs> and he loves, what is it? we just read the other day. He loves us as he loves Jesus. That's a power verse right there, right? He loves us as he loves Jesus. People say, I know God loves Jesus, but I don't know how much he loves me. It says he loves us as he loves Jesus. He loves us with the same love, the same everlasting love. Come on. He, he doesn't throw out a little love to us. Well, you get a little bit of my love, but really all my love is being poured out on Jesus. Right? That'd be like having a special kid in the family, right? You favor a kid over another, right? Someone gets all the love. You've seen that in movies, right? What, what was in it? Cinderella, right? Isn't that a good example? Someone gets all the love. One of them doesn't get any love. <laughs> Poor Cinder, Cinderella. She gets love. Come on. That's not how it is in God's family. God loves us just as he loves Jesus. We are specially chosen to be children of God. Come on. In this time, in this point in history, we are children of God right now. Now we are children. Woo! Come on, I'm getting excited. I might take a lap. <laughs> You're a joint heir with Jesus. A joint heir. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bill. I don't know. Oh, come on. I'm a child of the living God. Amen. And my God will supply. My God will come through for me. Come on now. We can't look at the natural. Come on. The natural, God uses people, right? Amen? God uses people. God, anybody can choose to be a vessel for God. But we always are looking to our Father. We're always looking to Him. He has the supply. 
Even when in the natural, you say, what in the world, right? You say, how's it going to work? You look to God and he supplies. Woo, hallelujah. Glory. Come on. I'm saying today, we don't, must not forget. Come on, we are children of the living God. Throughout our day, we need to remember that we are children of God. We're driving at home today, amen? We drive it home so that it sticks, right? So you don't get out of here and say, I don't know what Pastor Vern said today, but I know it was good. I mean, it was good. I was, I was pretty excited about it, but I don't remember. You're going to remember, right? Woo, I'm a child of God. You're going to walk out of here? Yep, I'm a child of God. You're going to go into SIDS? Woo, I'm a child of God. You're going to go down to Chico's and you're going to go, woo, child, child of God just walked in the building. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. You know, the devil doesn't want us to celebrate that. Hello? No, saints, we should celebrate that. Amen? We should celebrate that we are, are now children of God. Come on. In fact, we should celebrate that every day. Amen? Every day. Ooh, thank you, Father. Right, right there. Right there, you're admitting I'm a child, right? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for bringing me into your family. Thank you that I'm in your family forever. I'm in Christ forever. I'm a child of the living God forever. Come on. We cannot forget that throughout our day. We need to walk with that in our remembrance. We need to walk as children of God. Come on. And if we get that in our mentality, we get that in our spirit, we're going to walk different. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. That's right. That's true. We are. We'll walk different. We're going to walk different. Now the world's not going to like it. That's okay. Because they don't like a lot of stuff. When you act like a real Christian, they don't like it. In fact, a lot of... I'll say churchgoers. A lot of churchgoers don't like you act like a real Christian. Yeah. Oh man, I've had many people. I'm like, I thought you were a Christian, but I, well, you, don't, you don't seem to like the word much. You don't seem to like the truth much. I don't understand. Come on now. No, no. If we are going to act like we're supposed to act, come on, we act according to the truth of God. And today we're talking about we are children of God. And I got God on the inside of me. I got Christ in me, the hope of glory. I have now been made a child of God. I don't have to wait to a later date. I don't have to wait till heaven. Come on. It's now. Right now. Well, someday, pastor, you're going to become a child of God. No, I'm a child right now. I'm in God's family right now. So I get all the benefits of having a father God. Come on now. I got a natural father and he's, he's a loving father. But I tell you what, I got a father God. Yeah. <laughs> I got a father God. Hallelujah. Whatever your father was like, you, you, you've got a father. Amen. Some of you had bad fathers. Some of you had good fathers. Uh, come on now. You got a father God who loves you Amen. as his own child, as his own daughter, as his own son. And there's nothing, come on, there's nothing our God won't do for us. Come on, you thinking bigger today? You thinking a little bigger? 
Did we, did we magnify it a little bit? Did we magnify our father a little bit today? Woo! Oh, glory. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. This was warm up for tonight. I, 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 watch out, watch out. Sunday night fire might be on fire tonight. They're gonna, gonna see fire on top of the building tonight. We're gonna have to bring the fire department up. Yeah, call Kyle, get Kyle out here. And he'll say, there's fire on your building, but it's not burning, I don't get it. And we'll say, that's the Holy Ghost fire. Jump in the Holy Ghost fire. Come on into the family of God. Come on in and become a child of the living God. Come on in and receive what Jesus did for you. Become a child. Sign your adoption papers right now. Hallelujah. Glory. I tell you what, God gets it out, doesn't he? Glory. I thank God for it. If you knew me when I was young, you wouldn't. You'd say, how's that? What, who, who's that guy? Who is that guy? Come on now. God's changed me. God's changed me. God made me a preacher. Hallelujah. As Paul said, God called me into the ministry. I thank you, Father, you called me. I thank you, Father, that I'm able to do this. I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, my God. You are so good. Woo! Come on, let's just give him some praise. Let's give him some thanks right now. Thank you, Father, for making us children. Thank you, Father, for being so good to us. Thank you that we're children of God forever. We're in your kingdom forever. We're with you forever. We're in God's family. We're in your family forever, Father. Thank you. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for paying the price for me. Thank you. Thank you allowed me to come in. Thank you. Thank you you adopted me. Thank you you spoke to me. Thank you you chose me. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I was on your mind before the foundations of the world. You, you had me on your mind. I thank you, Father. You were thinking about me. Your love was pouring out even then. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Woo. Glory to God. That's fun, isn't it? You can't have more fun than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Well, today, if you don't know Jesus, you, you are not in the family, right? I ask people every week. I ask people, I ask people here, if you're online, if you just tuned in, and you say, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear about this. I hear, I hear what you're saying about becoming a child of God, but I don't know, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to become a child of God. I'm going to tell you right now how to become a child of God. And it's as easy as you could possibly get. Right? We'll skip down to Romans 10, 9. Where's our, where's our slide? Romans 10, 9. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right? All we have to do to become a child of God is, is believe. Come on. Age of 19. I believed. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. And no man comes to the Father but through him. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And as I told you earlier, I was born again and I knew it. And I, I became a child of God. Woo! That day, January 4 of 1991, I became a child of God. Woo! Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. And anybody can come in. Anybody can sign their adoption papers if they want. All you have to do is believe, believe that Jesus is alive. He, he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And, and you got to confess him as Lord because that brings you, as we said earlier, at the very beginning, we talked about being in, in, in Satan's kingdom. You got to get out of Adam's kingdom, Adam's sinful ways. You got to come into Christ and be forgiven and be washed and be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. The only way into God's house, the only way into God's family is through Jesus. He is the only way. There is one road that gets there. Jesus road is the only road. People can say all they want. They, people can talk all they want about other ways. There is one way. Amen. And it's very simple to understand, right? When we understand sin, it's very simple. Because sin, we talked about earlier, right? The age of accountability. When we realize we've broken the law, we have to have an answer. And you notice all the other religions have no answers. <laughs> we have the answer. Complete forgiveness and cleansing by the blood and become a child of God. Hallelujah. So I ask you today, is Jesus your Lord? If he's not, pray this prayer after me right now. Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I want out of Adam's kingdom. I want out of Satan's kingdom. I want in your kingdom, God. And now I know the way in is through Jesus. I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe he is alive and seated at your right hand. Thank you for making me a new creation. Thank you for giving me eternal life. I now call you my father, my father God forever. Teach me your ways, show me your ways, and I will walk in them, and I will be an obedient child in your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. And that's as simple as it is, to become a child of God. You get something today? I, I, I know... I said a lot of things I wasn't planning on saying, but thank God. Huh? That happens every week, I know. I know, it's like every week. Well, praise God for it, amen? Because we, we, we did we not pray at the beginning and agree together? That we get the right words? Come on now. We don't just pray those things for no reason, do we? We aren't just a wishing and hoping. We're praying and we're believing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are a thankful people this morning that you have called us into the kingdom, that we are children of God now. Now we are children of God. You gave us the right to accept it, and we accept it. And we are so grateful that you called us in, that you are our protector, you are our supplier, and we, we, we are supplied by the God who owns everything. And we always look to you, Jehovah Jireh. We know you're always there. We know you're always protecting. We know the angels of God are encamped around about us. We know your Psalm 91 is true. We believe it. No evil shall befall us. No plague shall come nigh our dwelling. The angels of God are encamped around about us. And you shall deliver us and honor us. And with long life, you shall satisfy us and show us your salvation. We give you praise and thanks today, Father. We turn back 
and, and we don't take any glory here. I don't take any glory. We don't give glory to flesh in this place. We give glory to our God. So we turn back and we give you, Father, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise belongs to our God forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E dot org. We hope you join us again next week. Thank you.